Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the West Coast Podcast. I'm going to be your moderator for this week, Eric, joined, of course, by Paul. How are you doing, Paul? Blessed and highly favored. How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Uh, Zach, how's it going? It's going the same as it's been going for the past 60-some days. Too true. And Knock, how's it going, man? It's good, man. What's up, everybody? Thanks for all the views and whatnot. We appreciate you. I'm doing well. That's too true. Uh, we've been responding to you guys on YouTube. See you guys listening to the podcast on uh, other sources too. Thank you for that. Thank you very much. We appreciate the support. We've got a good show lined up for you today. We got a few things to cover. Weekly news, like always. We've got some news and rumors to talk about. We're gonna have a career highlight onto Jerry. Our promo school makes its return, and we wrap things up with a discussion on wrestling eras. But for now. Let's get started on that weekly update. Starting with Monday Night Raw, we've got the man, Becky Lynch, starting the show, announcing a special surprise that the Money in the Bank match was not for a contract, but instead for the Money in the Bank, sorry, for the Raw Women's Championship, which she had to vacate because the man's pregnant. Oscar (laughs) comes out. She celebrates like crazy in a way that I have never seen a wrestler express pure joy before. <laughs> uh, I am very happy for Asuka. She deserves this. I've heard some rumors that she did not know she was going to win a championship. It was genuine. So good for her. Usually we wait till the end to discuss segments or shows, but just for this segment alone, I know Paul, you have some thoughts on this. What did you think about the announcement? I do. So first off, I am super happy for her. Um, funny story, actually. Um, my, I was talking to my mom, and then I think like out of nowhere, I, I found out the news, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, the man's pregnant. And then my mom's like, the man is pregnant? What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> man is pregnant? What are you talking about? I was like, no, 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 no. Be- Never mind. But so basically, I'm happy I'm happy for Becky Lynch and I'm happy for Seth. Um, the thing I wanted to discuss, though, however, is that there seems to be mixed reactions regarding her pregnancy uh, because a couple of smart people online are placing the blame on either Becky or Seth, uh, claiming that um, it's irresponsible. Yes, wow. you heard me correct. Irresponsible for them to have a baby at this time because they're at the height of their careers. And I think there's this one guy... Uh, I don't really know his name. Um, I think it's uh, Johnny Coronet. I don't know, some boomer with a podcast who seems to have a problem with uh, Becky having a baby. All I have to say Let's to that go, is um, they are, they're, yeah, some, some unknown boomer. So basically, um, what I have to say to that is there are two grown adults. You don't govern what they do in their life. They were in a consensual relationship together, and they decided to have a baby. What is the problem with that? And also, who are you to say, or who are you to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body? Also, I, that is something I don't agree with. Does anyone else have any input on that? All I can say is, uh, Becky Lynch, if you're listening to this, I think Paul will make a good godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Paul wants to smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Becky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah um, and, and, uh, 
It's just really stupid, actually, just because you, as people get older, you, your clock's ticking, and mm-hmm. it just so happened to be when they're both kind of hot. So it's just a silly, stupid comment by someone who doesn't matter. Yeah, you can yeah. clearly tell she's very happy. They're both very happy together. It's just a beautiful thing. I don't see what there is to yeah. be mad about or have an opinion about. It's their life. Um, they shared a private yeah, thing with exactly. us. So, I mean, hey, kudos to them. Because, uh, yeah. Um, just So what this, I don't know, what this guy with the podcast said, he basically said, like, why would you give up all that money? Why would you give up all that fame? Because she's having a fucking baby. You fucking moron. Like, what more is there to say? Oh, boy. She's getting ready and to And she's going to get royalties off the mom shirts, too. So she's fine. Yeah. I, think we need I to don't that understand this argument. Johnny from the podcast. Make any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take Johnny from the podcast to promo school. Let him have some of that smoke. <laughs> we might just have to. But uh, we're going to go ahead and move along to the rest of the show. Speed along. Uh, just for the record... If you didn't watch Monday Night Raw, assume a majority of the segments I'm about to list in some way, shape, or form are affected by this baby news because this show is very heavy on on Becky Lynch's baby news. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeats Humberto Carrillo via submission with a full Nelson. Uh, This was another aggressive showing for Bobby Lashley. Nice way to build him up. I'm thinking it's going to lead to a championship feud with McIntyre. Let's go. Still a bitch to me, but let's hey, go. Hey, hey. Uh, Oscar. <laughs> Oscar was interviewed backstage. Uh, asked how fucking Raw Women's Championship. Be Raw Women's Champion. Kyrie Sane shows up, and again the pure joy. Love it. Uh, could be building towards Kyrie and Oscar having the match. I'd be down with that. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. Garza is uh, sorry. Angel Garza defeated Akira Tozawa. Shocker. Tozawa losing on Raw again uh, after hitting the wing clipper. Garza, Austin Theory, and Andrade were all arguing. Theory was the one who was taking most of the abuse, so we could be seeing the end of that faction. But as they were arguing, Drew McIntyre came out, hit a couple claymores, which led to an impromptu match against Andrade, which Drew McIntyre then won with a claymore kick. Solid match. I loved it. Uh, it's very easy to forget that these two have some good chemistry. It was Andrade who dethroned McIntyre from the NXT Championship before he got the call up. After the match, Drew McIntyre cut an in-ring promo, announced next week he's fighting Baron Corbin. MVP confronted Bobby Lashley, wanted to be his manager. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were out to host a moment of bliss, which led to an impromptu match against the returning Iconics. Woo! Uh, Finally. I knew you'd be so happy about that. Yeah, it was a very solid promo. Iconics are great at what they do. You can just say one thing. Uh, of course, the women's tag team champions lose again. Of course. Yep. Of course. Uh, next up... Rey Mysterio's giving an interview in which Seth Rollins just interrupts without saying a word, stares him down a little creepily. <laughs> R-Truth, Ricochet, and Cedric defeat MVP, Shane Thorne, and Brendan Vink. R-Truth picks up the win, but Bobby Lashley comes out and helps MVP take out Truth, uh, leading to a partnership between MVP and Lashley. Next up, Shayna Baszler talks down to Becky's pregnancy, says it's going to ruin her career, uh, gets a few shots in at Seth. This leads to her fighting Natalia later tonight, which Shayna wins. Uh, 
Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black defeat Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy via disqualification due to a secret rule that no one knew but Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, after the match, Rollins and Murphy, well, Rollins went crazy. He killed Fabe, just destroyed Mysterio's eye, required Ray to have uh, immediate medical attention. And afterwards, Rollins tried to apologize, said he didn't know what was going on. In which case, Alistair just started beating up on Murphy, and Rollins walked away because he did not want that smoke. <laughs> and that is it, except for Edge and Randy Orton closing out the show. Hinting, already hinting, more like just telling us, we are going to get one more match, a straight-up wrestling match, which is exactly what everybody wanted from this feud. And that's the Raw recap. What did you guys think of the show? Starting off with you, Zach. Uh, I thought it was an okay show. It did drag for a while. Um, I'm going to get into Basler's comments after the whole recap because it ties into two more shows. But um, the the beautiful opening with Becky, I love that. And happy for her. Happy for Seth. I know Seth is happy, but on TV, Seth Rollins is acting like the worst person (laughs) on an episode of Maury finding out he's a father. (laughs) Oh, my God. And also, um, I, I got to say, the, the the Viking Warriors, that's their name now, right? Uh, Viking, Viking Raiders? Or Viking Raiders? Yeah. Okay, whatever. So, like, they're doing all this, like, goofy kind of stuff. Um, it's just, I don't know. It comes, it, it, their mystique that they built in NXT is kind of gone, and the stuff that they did on the yeah. 80s is gone. But um, it, it's just weird seeing, like, all these guys with beards, because if you take away their beards, you can kind of see that they're not really as badass as they look. Like, who's the little one on the Viking Raiders? Uh, the one, Ivar? yeah, Ivar, I believe. Yeah, the or little Eric. one, if it is Ivar, I think it's if Eric. you take away his beard, if you take away Eric or Ivar's, whatever, the little guy, if you take away his beard, he looks <laughs> like Haley Joel Osment. And uh, then, like, if you look at uh, Burger Time Brody, if you take away his beard, he looks like <laughs> the banjo playing kid from Deliverance. <laughs> oh, gosh, oh, gosh. <laughs> just a thought on people with beards, anyway. Yeah. That's my thought on that. The Man, shade. Yeah. The burn. shade. I will say, I don't know if it's because I miss basketball, but I enjoyed uh, that segment with them with the Street Profits. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. But the mystique is completely was- gone. <laughs> Watching yeah. it, I was like, okay, these two are, they handled the comedy better than I thought they would. But at the same time, why are they doing comedy? They're not that. Exactly. Right. They were once one of the best tag teams in the world. They're not. They yeah. should be doing this. But it was very, it was well done. It wasn't too cheesy. Street Profits are always entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, your uh, thoughts, Paul? Yeah. Um, all I have to say is that at least their name isn't the Viking Experience, because fuck that name. Oh, gosh. And, <laughs> and also, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with the comedy. I'm okay with the silliness if you have the ability to pull it off. I think that they do, but mm-hmm. I agree. That wasn't what their initial gimmick was. You know, like Zach said, like they were kind of like this uh, mysterious, like irresistible force back in NXT. And then all of a sudden they're like clowns now. Just doesn't make sense storyline wise. But I do think that they're very entertaining. So I think in the long run, that's all that really matters. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, if you don't go for it, you never make your shot. So I guess I give them props for trying. But I'm not a fan of the comedy. The (laughs) one thing I will say about this show is 
maybe because it's the first week I've had to recap it. But yeah. man, three hours felt so long. Like it especially did. in a quarantine world. Like yeah, man, I wish like, they could go back to two for the time being. Like, what do you mean? Like that they feel so long? Like without an audience, it feels like it drags on. Without an audience, and also maybe because I was watching on Hulu, and they have so many commercial breaks on WWE. Yes, they do. Just watching it felt long, and like reading the recap, I was like, "Man, all this stuff happened." But really, it was just the same segments just broken up and happening throughout the show. But that's true. I I don't think three hours is the right length right now. Uh, The the Becky stuff that that was very pure. Um, Did you guys catch the Iconics new finisher? Yes, it's um, yeah. basically yeah. the magic killer. I like it. I dig it. Yeah, it's like a reverse magic killer. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Are we talking about the iconics now? Because I can I can talk about them forever. I fucking love them. I can get a quick word in there before we get to NXT. Okay. Oh, and uh, before we head into that, I just want to say, like, I know the name of the guy who has the podcast. I just don't care enough to express his name because he's irrelevant. So I just wanted to start off with that. And also the Iconics. <laughs> the Iconics. Um, man, I'm just so happy that they're back. Um, uh, yeah. I know that they were on a hiatus for a while. And there were rumors going around saying that they were going to be repackaged, which kind of scared me. Because I'm just like, what does that mean? Like, are you going to change their character? You really shouldn't because they're fine the way they are. Um, but they came back better than ever. Um, something I noticed was that um, you know how their quote is, and we are the future, and the future is iconic. I think they changed it to, yeah. and the future is here, iconic. So uh, I think this is them kind of hinting that they're ready for something bigger and better because back in the day, they <clears throat> kind of played off this cowardly heel kind of persona, and now I'm seeing a little bit more confidence from them, the cowardness. Uh, What's the word like the the cowardice doesn't really seem to be there anymore. There's um, they seem to be acting like faces. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I still saw the heel personas. I, I get what you're saying. I was shocked that they just asked for a match, which is something that yeah. he, like their type of heels don't usually do. But I, I get what you're saying. It, it's definitely a different iconic. They they tweaked it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it's good to see him for the best. Yeah. 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 But uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and switch over to NXT. Interesting show. I believe this was the last match we would have gotten from NXT TakeOver. Uh, We had the tag team titles on the line, Imperium, Fabian Eichner, and... Matthew Pardell, I forgot the dude's name. Man. Uh The Imperium versus Matt Riddle and Timmy Thatcher. Thatcher was a stand-in for Pete Dunne for a couple weeks because unfortunately yeah. Dunne is unable to come to uh, TV tapings. Uh, Thatcher and Riddle, they've had kind of the same relationship as Dunne and Riddle, except Thatcher isn't as willing to accept Matt Riddle's silliness. So match starts off, it's already off to a bad start when Riddle does his sandal flip and Thatcher's annoyed. Uh, Match goes, Riddle accidentally hits Thatcher with a member of Imperium. Thatcher walks off, and this lets Imperium pick up the win for their first tag team title reign in NXT. 
Next up, Tegan Knox defeats Indy Hartwell via pinfall with the shiniest wizard. A straight-up match just to make Tegan Knox look good. Jake Atlas defeats Tony Nese via pinfall with his beautiful rainbow DDT. This leaves Tony Nese with a 0-3 and three record in the tournament. Jake Atlas with yeah. a 2-1. I know, right? Uh, next up, Cameron Grimes defeats Finn Balor. A uh, very solid match on the onset, but then out of nowhere, Damian Priest shows up and attacks Finn, admits that he was the mystery attacker three weeks ago, and this helps Cameron Grimes pick up the win over Finn Balor. Jake Gallagher defeats Isaiah Swerve Scott via pinfall thanks to interference from Tony Nice, who took issue with what Isaiah Scott said beforehand, that if you don't have any wins in this tournament, you might as well quit your job. Keegan Carter defeats Aaliyah via submission with a move that we have all been debating over the past few weeks, whether we like it or not. We'll talk about it someday. Yes. But very uh, solid match. Well, so-so match. It was mainly just to have uh, Robert Stone come out and scout Aaliyah, but serve its mm-hmm. case. We are invited to dinner with the Garganos as Johnny and Candace begin talking about everything they think is wrong. Uh, they did some new camera editing, some new shots, and Lorraine complained about Casey Canzaro. Gargano talked about Keith Lee. Solid segment. And for the main event, Matt Riddle defeats Timothy Thatcher in a matchup because they lost the titles. Riddle wanted a fight with him. It was via roll-up. Uh, Timmy Thatcher wasn't happy about it and he just went out and attacked Matt Riddle to end the taping with that what are your thoughts on NXT knock I thought it was a very solid uh, show I enjoyed it a lot Uh, my boy Jake Atlas getting another win I believe if Kushida loses next week to Drake Maverick then he'll be tied with Kushida and he'll be able to advance in the tournament Uh, Marcel Bartel is the name you were looking for earlier Eric Uh, it was a pretty good tag match um, I like Timothy Thatcher a lot. He's an OT, OTT guy over in Europe. Big on that scene. Nice to see him come over. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't care about Gallagher. Um, over the top wrestling. It's an Irish promotion. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. as, as also, team, um, go ahead. Sorry, uh, he was also tag partners with uh, what's his name, Walter. He was a part of the original Ring Conf stable with Walter over there. Oh, right. You guys were discussing that last uh, week when you were doing your highlight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's a a heavy hitter. Um, That's pretty much all I got. Good show. I'm interested to see Damian Priest versus Finn Balor. I really want to see Balor versus Walter, but right now it's a good matchup. And uh, TakeOver's having an in-your-house pay-per-view, so a lot to look forward to. Yes. Uh, Should be good. Nice time for uh, in-your-house pay-per-view. Uh, Zach, I was very interested in what your opinion on that would be because I missed every in your house. I was too young for that. But I looked them up, and the appeal was that they were cheaper. <laughs> All right, I didn't hear anything by that, but that laugh just made it. <laughs> so, in your house can deliver something that I think NXT needs, and that's a little bit less seriousness because some of these takeovers are starting to kind of blend together a little too much, uh, especially if you got new guys coming in. You can try new things. You can do more gimmicky stuff. Um, I'm excited for it. That should be good. 
Uh, oh, I also will... really, really quick. Um, <laughs> someone's giggling like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, before Giggles explodes over there, I just want to point out, <laughs> if you listen to, and they came out, you know, Finn Balor and then Cameron Grimes, if you listen to the theme songs back to back, it's the same kind of guitar riff. Uh, and also, uh, Domesticated uh, Zach has an issue with the Garganos using coasters on placemats at the dinner table. A little overkill. What eagle eye, Zach? I give it to you. But very solid show. We'll <laughs> we'll just go ahead. We'll speed on to AEW. Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything there was for NXT. We start off the show with the announcement Iron Mike Tyson will be at Double or Nothing to present the TNT Championship to the winner, either Cody Rhodes or Lance Archer. Pretty big get. We'll give it to them. Um, we continue. We go on to Jake Roberts and Lance Archer in the ring. Pretty much just uh, this, discussing their actions from last week about the snake on Randy, saying that Jake will not apologize because once you step in the ring, all bets are off. Cody revs up his little, tro- his little toy truck, knocks over a barricade, and just starts fighting with Lance. Pretty solid <laughs> opener. We'll have some... I have some words about that opening. It yeah. wasn't a toy truck, but just the way they did it was very silly. Um, yeah, we'll talk it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Fatal Four Way: Nyla Rose, uh, Hikaru Shida, Penelope Ford, and Chris Stamander. Uh, sorry, Nyla Rose was in this. It was Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Chris Statlander, and Shida in a Fatal Four Way. Uh, Shida picks up the win over Penelope Ford in the ring. Meanwhile. Rick Baker has uh, Chris Statlander outside in her lockjaw, completely not caring about the result of the match, just keeps her locked in well after the bell is rang. But this solidifies Sheena for a title match at Double or Nothing, as she's been the number one contender for 11 straight weeks. Give it to her. Uh, next up, Best Friends defeat Jurassic Express. Pretty solid match. Uh, Love a couple of interference. Ray Phoenix came out and attacked Marco's stunt. I was gonna speak on this because uh did you guys see that kick Phoenix did to Orange Cassidy? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I think that was worse than being thrown out of the building on it was the bank. brutal. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was that was harsh. Uh, but thank you for correcting me. It was it was Orange Cassidy and MJF ambushed Jungle Boy, which will lead up to a match with them at Double or Nothing. But in the end, Chuck Taylor picks up the win over Jungle Boy thanks to interference. Wardlow just attacked Marco's stunt. That's what I was thinking of. Just ragdolled him into the guardrail. Yeah. Uh, MJF had a match with Lee Johnson. This was a very solid match for MJF. A nice squash match. Uh, didn't know MJF needed one, but after seeing it, it was he he did well. It was a good match. Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy defeated Santana and Ortiz. Nice showing for Kenny and Matt with Hangman not at the tapings. I think Matt Hardy's done a great job of filling in for him. So I agree. Nice matchup. We finally had the long-awaited match of Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete, aka <laughs> Shugdi. Uh Match of the year, match of the yep. decade, maybe. Pineapple Pete comes out strong, but unfortunately for him, the Judas effect was in full effect. Knocks him out for the one, two, three. 
after which Jericho issues a challenge to the elite, and we are going to have a stadium stampede at Double or Nothing. Genius. And with with that, we also had Darby Allen being enticed by Taz. But other than that, what did you guys think of the show? Starting off with you, Zach. Uh, it was a fine AEW show. It's kind of been uh, in the same pace of what they've been doing. Again, they're working with what they have, and it's it's kind of fun seeing Matt filling for Hangman. Um, I don't really have too many notes on that, except for Statlander didn't really seem like she was serious, or I, I don't know, she was. It didn't seem like she was really giving two shits about the match that she was in, so it kind of took me out. Um, and then one other thing I'll talk about after the review, so after the full review. You kind of broke up in the beginning there. What did you say? I can't remember. I believe you were saying that uh, Statlander wasn't very serious in the match, and that took him out of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, so going back to that Cody thing you were talking about, it was a very cool moment at first. Cody's in his truck, revving it up, and you're thinking, oh, he's going to drive straight into the arena and kick ass. He drove, like, what, three feet? And he yeah. over a barricade. <laughs> yeah. and just jumped over it. It was, it it was, was pretty cool comical. That, it, yeah. It was something cool that they just ruined. I don't know who approved it. And I get the kayfabe behind it. They talk about how you have to take a golf cart from one area to the stadium because of the quarantine air, uh, rules. So kayfabe, I get it. But it could have been executed so much better. Yeah. Can we uh, yeah, can we pour one out for uh, our boy Vanguard one? Uh, poor Vanguard. Who, uh, uh, my goodness, he didn't deserve what happened some... to him. He did not. That Jericho man, he that bat is gonna get over. If they sell an AEW shop, I'm buying it. Buy <laughs> oh, they already have a shirt with him having the the cone on his head, laughing like a witch as a shirt. Like he can get anything over. <laughs> oh man. man. Does anyone else hear like uh, cutting in uh, the background? Sounds like somebody's cutting up vegetables or something. Or bodies. I hope that's not good. <laughs> no, bodies. Nah, we'll take it out in post. Okay. That's Ricochet's yeah, career getting post. chopped up. But, yeah. That sounds about right. <laughs> and Cedric um, Alexander. It was a fun episode, though. Yeah. <laughs> Too fly. Yeah, very yeah. solid episode. Uh, very fun. But with that, we then move on to SmackDown Live. Not so live, but live. So before we start this, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I do not cheer for you, Otis. If you ever hear this, I am not cheering oh, for you. Yeah. How dare right. you get money in the bank and Mandy Rose? <laughs> I, I, you don't deserve that. Oh, God. <laughs> Wow. I'm not cheering for him. I don't know what bother he won in life, but he does not. Saltier <laughs> than the Pacific Ocean. You know what? I'll, I'll admit it's jealousy. I will full on admit it. I want to see this man fail. As nice as he is. <laughs> I so thought MJF salt. was the salt of the earth. Too much sodium. <laughs> as, as entertaining as he is, I one part of me wants to love him, the other part of me is like, I don't know who you're blackmailing, but I want to find out. <laughs> now, show opens with Otis appearing on Ms. TV. Uh, the whole time, Otis is just being his lovable self, 
Maze and Morrison are taking shots of him, showing uh, baby pictures. Uh, he talks about his learning disability, but his mom helps him keep his grades up and helps him uh, stay in sports. A nice, wholesome segment for the blackmailer, which leads to Miz and Morrison uh, eventually <laughs> challenging him to a tag match. And he has to find a partner because Tucky is not there because of this and Barry. Nope. Uh, next up. <laughs> I, I got a bet Sorry, on Tucker. I've never had Joe Van yeah, we, we're definitely going to talk about him because he's MIA. Uh, Intercontinental Championship Tournament kicks off. We've got Elias versus King Corbin. Somehow a match I think was better than the WrestleMania match, but Elias wins with a small package. Nothing too special. Corbin smashes the guitar. Elias has a little mini hook up with a jumping knee and a roll up. Yeah, it was a so-so match. Elias' uh, new music is garbage. For a guy who plays a musician for a character, has that trash as his entrance music? He had good entrance music before, and I know they want to like distance themselves with who they had doing the, the music before, but this is just bullshit. Like, a musician <laughs> comes out to like this crappy two-chord trash. Oh, well, rant over. <laughs> no, I, I agree. No, I, yeah, I, I didn't want to mention it because that was just me. But yeah, it's it's trash. Uh, Dana Brooke defeated Naomi in a rematch of the Money in the Bank qualifier. Uh, it's unclear if they're trying to push Dana or if they're trying to turn Naomi heel. Either way, I don't like it, but me that's too. me. NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair cuts a promo uh, about how she is everywhere on all four, sorry, all three brands. Uh, Bailey comes out with Sasha Banks and. This was mainly to jumpstart the feud between Sasha and Bailey, as Charlotte is just trying to talk to Sasha, but Bailey keeps cutting in. But we do know that we are going to have a match between Bailey and Charlotte probably next week. Should be a good one. Forgotten Sons cut a backstage promo uh, about how they were not welcome with open arms, so they welcome others with closed fists. Great writing. My thoughts exactly. Daniel Bryan defeats Drew Gulak in what is ah oh man, this match was beautiful. I yeah. cannot say enough about this match. A technical showdown. Uh, it was again for the Intercontinental Championship tournament. The brackets for this tournament were drawn up by someone who loves drama because every match except for Shinsuke and AJ is in some way a story in the first round. But match of the night by far, Bryan mm-hmm. Gulak. Sonya Deville, just getting better and better, cuts a promo with Dolph Ziggler in the background, creepily there, uh, against Otis and Mandy, just saying that she will destroy Mandy Rose, and this is how you do a promo. I just can't do it justice. Go watch it. It's a great promo. I will hopefully not change your mind on that because I do love Sonya Deville, but that is the last piece of what I want to talk about after all this wrap-up is done. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, we get to the main event. Braun Strowman decides that he will join Otis as his partner against Miz and Morrison. And they pick up the win. We see Braun attempt to do the worm, which never again. We uh, pretty straightforward win. Strowman and Otis the worm win. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. If you're listening, we need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but in the end, Mandy Rose comes out to that lucky son of a. Anyway, comes out, celebrates oh, yeah. with him. And <laughs> we have a little yeah. tease as Otis jokes about cashing in, but he says it's all just a laugh, just for a laugh. With that, I'd love to hear your opinion, Paul. What'd you think of the show? Well, first of all, Knock, I still want to say it's your turn to respond to me in April oh. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Still waiting on that. <laughs> Give your thoughts for now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought SmackDown was it was fine. Um, I don't really understand what they're doing with Naomi because they've been they had this great build up with her. You know, having her um, return at Royal Rumble, she made news lines. You know, people were saying like, you know. Even people that didn't, even like um, articles that didn't really watch wrestling were were talking about Naomi. Uh, I think mainly because of what she was wearing, how she was wearing her hair, how they were saying like, um, yeah, they're how they're appreciative that uh, WWE is. I don't know. I guess like pushing somebody who is, you know, of what am I trying to say here? I guess somebody who they're just they're they finally have like a good representation for the black community, I guess. Um, they, she was so hyped up. And then all of a sudden you're having her lose week, week to week. She wasn't in money in the bank. And now you're having her lose to Dana Brooke. Um, I don't really understand what's going on here. Uh, uh, I like you said, Eric. I don't know if they're trying to turn her heel, which I don't think is the best move right now. I feel like you should really be not at all. Her up. I was really excited for her. Yeah, I was excited for her to go up against Bailey because it looks like that's what they were initially starting when she returned. But then they just quickly scrapped that storyline, and I just feel so bad for her because I just feel like she constantly gets screwed every single time by the WWE. Um, what do you guys think about that? I think you're right. I think you hit it right on the nail. It's another example of someone getting their own momentum and breaking through the mold and then just getting shitted on. Like, I don't know if you remember when she was the yeah. women's champ, she had her glow title. That looks sick. Yes. That was so dope. That was everywhere. Yeah. Everyone was talking about it. Literally, should have like, been on as toy soon shelves. as should have been on toy shelves, should have been selling out everywhere, all in the games and whatnot. She has, she debuts mm-hmm. that belt. She loses it like the night or week after to Natalia or someone. She just drops the belt immediately, and then all that momentum killed. Yeah. So I agree with you. She should not go heel, and I don't know what they're doing with her right now. Yeah, and she's way too talented yeah. to waste and put on the back burner. Like, WWE, what are you doing? Yeah, she's always – her entire career, I think she's gone a lot farther than she was supposed to. She was originally a cheerleader, and then she – Decided right. that she actually liked pro wrestling and she got great at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the title situation they covered it on Told Divas, and even when when they can show you that they're upset on something on Told Divas, you know that the anger was probably bigger outside of it. So I'm sure she had some heat for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with her. She was supposed to take the title off of Bailey at WrestleMania. That was the original plan, but. Things what happened? Changed. They just scrapped it, or I—I I can't remember what happened. I want to say maybe I, I don't know. They had to go with Saudi for some reason, or not Saudi. They had to do something else. Who knows? All right. Any any other thoughts before we get to the uh, afterthoughts? Uh, Zach, you wanted to talk about. You had some things to say afterwards. 
So I was just irked on every single show this week, uh, except for NXT, because of what people were saying. So uh, we'll start Monday night where uh, Shayna was talking about um, Becky Lynch being pregnant. And just like the verbiage she used was so like caveman and so like it was so like stupid and it was so dumb. I just kind of wrote it off. Uh, And then Jake Roberts comes out on AEW and basically says the same thing. So to kind of quote him here, uh, a woman is great at home cooking, wiping babies, butts, diapering them and occasionally when it's cold outside, keeping me warm. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got hit with the same stupidity twice in one week. Yeah. And then I watched SmackDown, and here's where Sonya Deville says, you know, something about her being in a double-wide trailer uh, barefoot with a bunch of uh, of uh, little kids or something like that. So it, it's so I got hit like three times in one week with this idiotic uh, mindset of women being pregnant that I didn't even think people like thought that way anymore. So two things. One, shame on everyone involved for uh, the, the writing whoever came up yes. with this and okayed this to go to TV. This is just stupid. And two, shame on the people who said it. Um, I, I like all the people, uh, but it's just, just because you're given something, think about it for a second because you put that kind of mindset into young kids. And there's a lot of kids watching these shows. So yeah. that was stupid. And then also on dynamite, um, Huge thumb down to uh, Tony Schiavone when uh, Suge D, Pineapple Pete was out. They were saying like how he's just going with it now. And Tony Schiavone says, brothers got to get paid. So when a white guy says it like that, it's just another thing. Like just you got to fucking like think about something before you say it. So that's just what worked to me about those segments. Um, It was just a shame that three times in one week we got hit with that idiotic mindset of uh, that archaic version of pregnant women. And then Tony just kind of foot in the mouth kind of thing. Yeah. And I also want to add on to that. Like we're already as wrestling fans, we're already stereotyped as being, you know, homophobic, racist, what have you. We need to break the mold and stray away from that as far as possible. So I totally agree with you there, Zach. Um, I don't understand what the, what, what was up with the writing this week. I totally forgot about certain segments. You just reminded me. Um, yeah, we need a we need to prove to people that we're not like that anymore. We're in this new era, you know? Yeah. And especially too, because on SmackDown, they showed this great package um, with Becky Lynch about her, her whole career in WWE um, and then leaving to have a child. So that was like a great thing. So it's like, you're going to acknowledge that, but then keep cutting it down. And I don't know. It was just, just, yeah, it didn't stay right. It was cheap heat. Pretty much. That definitely changes how much I like them. I didn't catch that connection. So very, very smart observation. Yeah. With that, it definitely lowers my grade on Shayna heavily because she was the worst of the three. Uh, Sonia, I'm not going to give her... Yeah, I'm going to say that definitely lessens it because it's WWE related. They shouldn't have done two in the same week for the same company. I'm willing to fight for Jake the Snakes, though, because the thing that I liked the most about his was that, and this is going to sound fucked up, I could somewhat see it being true with him, like such an, like a guy from an older time believing that, right. that it felt authentic. And maybe 
because I already assume Cody's going to win, and at some point Jake is going to get his comeuppance. I was okay with him saying that, and eventually Cody and Arn Anderson would kind of shut them up, and we'd get the whole moral lesson of, no, that's not the way you should think. But maybe I'm being too hopeful. You, you do raise very good points, and I am going to think about this. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say, Jake the Snake has also said some pretty racy things in the past, too. And this really isn't helping his image right now. Um, yeah, I just, I don't understand. Um, I thought we were making really good progress, you know, in the world of wrestling. And then all of a sudden we're being hit with this all because, you know, a main star got pregnant. Um, that's her right. And again, I said it before, uh, who are you to say what a woman can and can't do with her body? Uh, that is none of your business. If anything, you should be happy for her and Seth not bringing them down. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, and just to wrap it up, just again with Shayna and uh, and Sonya Deville, for them, I can see them being so young in their career where they're just going to say whatever they're given. And then I, I guess some credit for Jake the Snake for why he said it is that is his heel mode and some of that thought process. You can kind of, you say it's grandfathered in. Um based on how old he is, but just, I guess it's just really getting hit with that three times in one week. Made me really want to point that out. Yeah, no, that's, that's very fair. I'm definitely going to think about this, but uh, just so we can speed things along, how about we hit the weekly MVPs, uh, say who it is and just a sentence about why uh, go ahead and pass it to you, knock. Who was your MVP of the week? Oh, there's a lot this week, man. I had a few shout outs for uh, me and uh, Eric's friend, Yola, who debuted on BT this week. That was a big moment. She's a uh, neighbor, Steve. If you want to catch her rolling up the librarian, uh, pineapple Pete, you know, he's my boy killing it. He didn't get the win, but he shined and I hope his t-shirt sells well, but I'm going to give my MVP to Ray Phoenix for his Jet Lee, Bruce Lee, Lee King <laughs> kick on Orange Cassidy. Oh my gosh. I've been rewatching that over and over. So Ray Phoenix for my MVP. Glad to see him back in AW. Oh yeah. Nice. Very fair. Uh, go ahead, Zach, your MVP. Uh, I'm just going to say Imperium winning the tag belts. I thought they did a good job of staying in character and not being cartoony, I guess, with their win. So I thought that really helped their stable and they did a great job. Very fair. Uh, Paul, MVP of the week and why? My MVP of the week is going to be Becky Lynch. Um, congrats, girl. Mm, um, I knew it was going to be very good. Yep. Yeah. Because you know what, like amidst all the bullshit that's going on and all the criticism you're getting, I just want to take the time to spread some positivity and say, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for Seth. Um, I hope you have a safe and healthy delivery. And that's all. That's all I have to say. And congratulations, Oscar. Nice. Very nice. A lot uh, of I'm going to go ahead and give my... Uh, there are a lot this week. But I'm going to give mine to someone who I think should have gotten it by now. But unfortunately, I overlooked her. Charlotte Flair. She worked Raw, NXT, SmackDown. And it's not live anymore, so it's not like she's doing these every day of every week. But she's doing a lot, so I give it to her this week. Nice. Um, just, uh, I just want to say I don't agree, but I'll save it for another show. <laughs> well, I agree. I'll save it for another show. Thanks, Zach. Well, you know what? 
we're going to move on right ahead. We do have some news and rumors, but before we get to that, we're going to go ahead and just change gears a little bit, get a break from the uh, WWE sphere. Paul, you've got a career highlight for us this week, don't you? I do. I do. So um, in honor of it being Asian slash Pacific Islander Appreciation Month, I wanted to touch off on Yoshiro Tajiri. Uh, do you guys know who that is? Like, can you give me like a basic rundown of that? Yeah. The King of the Green Mist is what I remember him for. I remember um, watching him live at ECW events. So talented. Oh, yeah. Nice. So basically, um, Tajiri. Yeah. <laughs> Tajiri is somebody that the newer wrestling fans might know because he did return to the WWE for a brief moment back when he was part of the Cruiserweight, uh, the Cruiserweight Classic back in 2016. Mm. where he uh, pr- uh, proceeded on to the second round and he lost to Grand Metallic. But um, there's just so much more to this guy that I just wanted to cover up on. Uh, so basically, he made his debut in ECW, teaming up with the great Mikey uh, Whipwreck, which is another person that I hope we can do a highlight on on another episode because he's great as well. Um, I He... I believe won the tag titles in ECW, kind of made a name for himself. And then he moved over to the WWE where he was kind of the, I guess the comedic assistant to William Regal and had a whole storyline there. Um, the thing about Tajiri uh, that I love is that basically um, we, when we think of poison mist nowadays, we think of people like Oscar, right? But he was the person who I feel like made the Poison Mist popular in the U.S. And he was inspired by one of my favorite wrestlers uh, back in Japan by the name of the Great Muta, which is somebody I would love to cover later on in another episode as well. Um, he is just legendary. Yeah, do you guys have any have any like special moments with Tajiri? Uh, like Nox said, I remember that buzzsaw kick i would use that move all the time in smackdown here comes the pain the green mist he just he brought i don't know if he was the first to bring it over but he did popularize it like you said uh i was so excited for him to be back in the cruiserweight classic when he returned i was hoping he'd be in 205 live for longer than he was but he was a very solid wrestler yeah and about that the whole reason why he is no longer on WWE right now is because um, I believe on a December match on 205 Live, he um, injured his knee. He was out for a couple of months and he wanted to come back. He wanted to renew his contract. However, the WWE actually declined due to his age, which I found very, very interesting, kind of strange. Um, but h- how do you guys feel about that? Um, I mean, he's what, like 49, 50 now. So yeah, it's, it's, I guess, it's his style too. I mean, if you want to, I have really good uh, memories of Tajiri just because of watching ECW when it was on, when it was on TNN and everything and going to live shows. And if you really right. want to watch how announcers should put people over, watch, uh, listen to Joey Styles and Paul Heyman put over Tajiri during his matches. Um, yeah, I, I guess I can kind of see that just because of his style, because if he is going to put over younger guys, 
it might be a liability in that style. Because if you use Kane, it's very straightforward, kind of um, slower matches. But Tajiri was, he was the yeah, buzzsaw. I mean, like he was, he, yeah, he was just, he, he's fast. So I, I, I see both sides. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, this guy is still wrestling to this day. And it's not like he he slowed down at any point in time. He he definitely he got injured, but wrestlers get injured every day. Um, I did not agree mm, with this yeah. decision. To be honest with you, because um, these Japanese wrestlers are tough. They're trained to uh, be able to withstand even the toughest of blows. So that was kind of unfortunate when I found out that he his contract was not renewed. Uh, however, he is. <clears throat> one of my favorites and the reason why i decided to pick him for my highlight um was one because it is asian appreciation one but also um growing up uh watching wrestling as a you know as an asian american there weren't a lot of role models that i had you know while watching wwe or impact any kind of wrestling promotion or if anything they were some kind of racist racist stereotype which to jury was in a way because that's kind of you know it was kind of just like the time, um, how, you know, the rest, I just feel like the wrestling world didn't really know how to correctly portray Asian wrestlers. However, it, it was the first time that I felt like a wrestler, there was a wrestler that I can look up to a wrestler that kind of looked like me. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shut up a light on him. Yeah, it's a great yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah, very, very uh, interesting pick. And uh, for the fun fact of the day, episode this the day this episode goes on, it's the same day him and Eddie Guerrero won the tag team titles. That's right. Nice. That's right. And also, um, nice. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys knew this as well, but did you know that he was also in the running for the WWE title as well? <laughs> and he went up against Brock Lesnar really? a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't remember that, that but he. I, yeah, I, I mean, when I was researching him, I'm like, wait, really? He was in the he was in the main title division. I mean, his matches were pretty much squash matches against Brock Lesnar, which is fine. But I don't know. I just thought that was a really interesting bit. No, that, that was very good, Paul. Thank you for shining the light on Tajiri. Um, yeah, nowadays people might not remember these wrestlers that we grew up with or that we watched back in the day. So thank you for shining the light on him. I definitely want to go back and check out his matches. Uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to some news and rumors. Going to keep it real brief. Uh, as we touched on in our Money in the Bank review and ratings, Sami Zayn is not going to be on TV, hence why we have the IC tournament. Uh, more info has come out about it that he has some major heat with WWE. Uh, the issue being that he has decided that he does not want to tape with all the coronavirus uh, fears going around which fair enough, but where the main heat is coming from is that WWE promised people that if you did not want to perform, your push would not be affected. And they took the title off of him. And a lot of people are using Pete Dunne and Jordan Devlin as an example of people who they did not take the title off at first, but now as of this recording, they both don't have titles anymore. So there's heat between Zing and WWE. We will have our chance for discussions after this. Next up, Leo Rush and Mark Henry have some Twitter beef. Uh, Mark Henry sent out a number to Leo Rush over Twitter 
telling him, if you want to talk to me on my show, call that number, tell Peggy to ask for me. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Leo then tweeted that the number did not work and Mark Henry needs to pay his bills. (laughs) And then he went on a Twitter rant stating that he needed to speak up because he believes Mark Henry is someone who cuts down black professional wrestlers. Next up, Ray Mysterio contract situation. Uh, at this moment, Ray Mysterio's contract is up in the air. It is close to ending, and it hasn't been said if there's going to be renewal yet. This could just be a sign of negotiating. They could just be talking it out. Or with all the recent cuts, perhaps WWE has decided to save costs with this veteran and let him go. Only time will tell. And lastly, actually, no, sorry, penultimately, Seth Rollins has blamed WWE for how they handled the Hell in the Cell fiasco with The Fiend. He says that he was the scapegoat for that situation. They took the title off of him, and everyone just seemed to blame him. Opinions are going to opinionate, but that's Rollins' side that he wishes they handled it better and didn't just toss him away. And the last piece of news is our most somber one. Alberto Del Rio uh, was charged with sexual assault of his ex-girlfriend. The details of the case were that Del Rio accused her of cheating. And upon accusing her, he would strike her. He tied her up. He sexually assaulted her for what has recently come out 14 hours straight. He told her that if you keep crying, and forgive me, this is graphic, if you keep crying, I will take your son and drive him to the middle of the road and leave him. Uh, So a lot's coming out about this case. I left this one for last because I believe... Sorry, Sorry, I I also just wanted to say he also forced her to wear a dress and dance for him. Just to add on to the bullshit. He did. Uh, I left this one for last because I know that we, we've we all seen the stories of Alberto Del Rio being uh, hot-headed. He has heat with, the, with WWE, and yet they still want to bring him back every now and then. Uh, just to save us some time, I'll open up the floor to a general discussion of what we just discussed, all the news and rumors. Paul, what have you got to say? Well, I guess uh, I'll touch on the Del Rio topic since that seems to be you know, what everyone else is talking about. Uh, It's really unfortunate just because I was, you know, I had Del Rio's back in the beginning, you know, with that whole confrontation that happened with him and that member of WWE creative, like I was on his side, you know, like that was, that was effed up of the guy to, you know, pretty much mock his culture with an earshot. You know, I feel like that's, you know, I, I don't feel like physical, you know, interactions are really necessary. But the guy deserved that slap, in my opinion. Um, and I've been defending Del Rio for years just because I think, you know, he's a great in-ring performer. Um, and, you know, I, I just liked him. But then, you know, ever since this news came out, I've just been, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right word is to describe how I feel. I'm, I guess I'm disappointed that it came to this because this kind of does prove, like you said, Eric, he is very hot-headed and he doesn't know how to control his temper. Um that's my take on it. What do you guys think? I, upon hearing all these details, my mind immediately flashed to Paige. And all I can say is I'm very glad that she's not in that relationship anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
she looked like she was on course to drawing her professional life away for this man. Uh, so I'm very happy that she found someone who seems to be treating her very well. Yeah. Uh, that's all I can say. I'm just happy that Paige is not in this. And yeah. obviously what he's done is disgusting. Yeah. Not, not, not excusable whatsoever. But um, we will have every podcast when we upload on YouTube. We do have a question for you guys to debate. We have had a little debate when we're discussing the news and rumors. Team Leo or Team Mark Henry about their Twitter beef. We won't cover on the podcast right now because we do have some more segments to take care of. But we will post that question in the comments. You can hear from us. As always, we do reply to your comments. So whose side are you taking? Are you on Leo Rush? Do you believe that Mark Henry cuts down? black superstars nope. or are you team mark henry do you believe that he is handling this maturely and he is nothing but professional but with that we're gonna try and lighten things up it is the return of my favorite segment hopefully it's yours promo school let's Zach, go please take it away all right this is promo school last week we did a nice little segment on tag team wrestling so i thought i would bring that to promo school this week uh we have eric and naki here who are tag team partners so you two will be doing a promo this week and it's a little thing i like to call uh pass the baton so what it is is you're going to talk with each other um we'll do a time period here, but I want you guys to go back and forth with each other and pass the baton um, during your promo. So I'm going to play a little snippet here. Hopefully you guys can hear it. It's going to be of Demolition doing a promo against the Brain Busters. At the beginning of Saturday Night's main event back in like the late 80s and early 90s, they cut their promos and little video packages before the start of the show. And it was kind of unique. So I'm just going to play the uh, Demolition promo and just listen to how they pass the baton between each other. So here I'm going to play it and hopefully you guys can hear it. Sometimes we get a little crazy from the heat and a little hot under the collar. But we always keep our heads and we'll always keep our championship belts. Rainbusters, the heat is on. Okay, did you get that? (laughs) Okay, that's very good. Wow. Okay, so they pass the baton Uh, back and forth. Yeah, you never talked about doing that. So, okay, we're going to try it today. Oh, that's fine. So we're going to try it today. So Eric and Nock, you two are going to pass the baton. You are going to be on Saturday night's main event. Um, It's going to be, theirs was in the summertime. So they mentioned something about the heat and everything like that. So just to give you some stuff to use, yours is going to be in the winter time. We're in the quarantine. (laughs) You're in the quarantine. (laughs) You are in the quarantine. Saturday night's main event. Um, You two are going to be uh, facing a tag team. So I need a tag team name. So Paul, if you can give me an an inanimate object. Okay. Um, a, um, a piece of broccoli. Okay. Okay. Now give me, give me, um, give me kind of like a fierce adverb. Adverb. But like, what do you mean? Like a, like a, like chopping. Oh, okay. Um, that's a dicing. Dicing broccoli. Cool. So that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be the tag team that you are facing. 
Okay. So what what you guys are going to do is I'll give you guys a minute to cut a promo on Dicing Broccoli, your tag team opponents that you're going to fight during the quarantine. So this is twofold. One, you guys are going to work together. And two, you guys need to be cognizant of your 60-second time limit. So if you can cut your seconds into 20 seconds apiece and pass the baton at 20 seconds to the other person, I will keep a timer and I will say when you start and when you finish. But just try to stay cognizant of 60 seconds. I want you to pass the baton and then try to end on something together. Even if one person starts to say something and the other person repeats it right over However, just try to kind of mirror that demolition promo. Gotcha. Gotcha. Eric, you ready? All right. All right. Let's do this. I'm ready. All right. right. Here we go. And 60 seconds, go. All right. So let me see if I get this straight. You've got the hottest tag team in the world right now, KOF. You got us. You signed us to a contract and you got us going against some broccoli. Some dicing broccoli. Kid, let me get one thing perfectly straight here. Now, key over there. That man will do more than dice up that broccoli. That man will tear it down. He'll chop it up. I've seen that man fly so high, broccoli can't even touch him. As a matter of fact. And I've seen that man, Eric, tackle a man so hard, his lungs popped all out of him. Are you kidding me? No crowd? And we're going to get some broccoli? KOF is the best team in the world, and there's no chance some dicing broccoli can dice with us. Pass the baton. And let me just make one thing perfectly clear so everyone understands. When KOF says that we keep on fighting, we keep on fighting. Because KOF ain't nothing to F with, okay? Like my boy Mark knows, we are the best. End it together. And like my boy Eric just said, KOF, we will keep Keep on on fighting. fighting. Beautiful. So yeah, that's promo school right there. Just another uh, kind of a lesson just to incorporate each other into your promos. So you can talk two at a time and not one person's dominant. And also kind of more of like an 80s thing when two people speak at once at the end, just to kind of solidify that they are a team. So that's promo school for the week. I just want to say thank you for that, Zach. That was a very, very uh, good idea. When... We did this last week. I've been practicing all week on like a single promo for like a toaster. <laughs> but, but this was very good. QC has a lot of toes. And I think that's something that we do, we should work on. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. No problem. So yeah, we just use simple things like a verb and a noun. And that's uh, to, to do that. And then like you create an atmosphere, use what's around you, the timing or whatever, if it's summer, the quarantine, and just use simple things. But well done, guys. Hey, Paul, can we get your, uh, your opinions? You'd be the judge. On on the promo itself, yeah. <laughs> I thought you guys did good, especially for an on the spot thing and for such a weird topic. Um, I liked how I liked your tagline <laughs> to be different. Um, your name is K O K O F. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that stand for? Uh, we gave it two meanings, right? What was we had a Kings, few King um, of fighters, fighters keep on fighting. <laughs> Yeah. King of Fighters like yeah. the name. Yeah. I it's like kind that. of like a CM Punk thing where it stands for like multiple things. Yeah, it just stands for multiple things. Um <laughs> what was it? I, I will say I the, the timing kind of threw me off because right when I was about to toss it to knock, that's when Zach was like, okay, toss it. So I was a few seconds off. So it's definitely we'll good try to, to get that timing. 
Yeah. We'll try yeah. again when we're all in the same room so you can look at a timer together because obviously when they do this, uh, when you do promos like that, you have someone counting down, someone taking care of that for you. And sometimes you have yeah. the actual clock right there. So we'll do it again one time when we're together I, later I, on. I, down I do want to try it also. Uh, I would want to try it where we're just going off each other's word instead of a time. Like he'll say it and I'll pass it to it like a word he said and I'll take it my way. Now he'll take it my, yeah. his way after. Try it with just words. That might be a that'd be perfect too. It's a nice it test doing it in the ring. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, good idea, man. That was that was good. Yeah, was favorite segment of mine. I love it. And moving on from promo school, uh, there are seven different eras in the WWE history. We have the Golden Age, the New Generation, the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression, PG, Reality, and the one we are currently in, the New Era. Everyone's got their favorites. Uh, it stems usually from when you start to watch wrestling. Some people find the star in a certain era they connect to. We're going to discuss real quick. What is your favorite era? And for bonus points, what's your least favorite? If you could get rid of one. I open the floor up to you, Paul. What's your favorite era? Well, my favorite era might be a little controversial, but I like the era, the new era that we're currently in right now. And the reason why is because... Looking back at wrestling, you know, like we're, we're very fond of things like the Attitude Era or maybe even the Ruthless Aggression Era, the Golden Era. Um, however, I feel like looking back as a minority, it wasn't the best time just because I feel like at that time they did not know how to handle, uh, you know, foreign talent or talent of a different race or let alone women. You know, women were also severely mistreated, uh, especially during the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era. You know, we had, you know, bullshit like the mud matches and the brawn panties matches. And I feel like, you know, it furthered that stereotype that we were talking about before of wrestling fans just being these stupid Neanderthals that, you know, um, talk down to women and, you know, are extremely sexist. Um, while I still have really good memories of the Attitude Era and the Ruthless Aggression Era, the Golden Era, all that, um, I just feel like we now is the time to move forward. Now is the time to give the spotlight to, you know, the the wrestlers who were underrepresented back in the day. Um, and I like how you know we're going into this new women's revolution. I like how you know uh, foreign talent, especially Japanese talent, are you know kind of getting the spotlight. Like people like Oscar or Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, people are starting to see that you know Japanese wrestling is really nothing to nothing to f with, as KOS would like to put it. Um, that's just my take. Mm. How about you guys? Looking at this new era, it's not in my top three, but definitely like social advancements were made in professional wrestling that can't be uh, taken for granted. Like you said, yes. Japanese wrestlers are finally getting their due over in mainstream wrestling. The women's revolution... We're going to say that's a little bit more reality era, like towards the end. But this is definitely, yeah. they're still doing great things right now. Uh, we've got Charlotte Flair on every show, which I know you dislike. We've got uh, Becky. Another show. Know, another show. The best thing in professional wrestling. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. This this era, for its social advancements, I will say it's, that's what I think it's going to be most known for. Yeah, I agree. But with that, uh, Knock, your favorite era? Oh, man. So I grew up in the Ruthless Aggression era. You know, Rey Mysterio drew me in. A lot of the guys, uh, Edge, Cena, the Hardys. That was a big one for me. 
But towards the end of that era, that's when I fell out of love with WWE and stopped watching it pretty much and jumped over like the indies and TNA. And so I would say my favorite probably, if we're talking WWE exclusive, then it might just be the new era right now. I like a lot of the guys here. A lot of my favorite guys from back in the day are now wrestling AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan. But if we're talking wrestling in general, my favorite was Ruthless Aggression Era with all those guys. Plus the TNA was big then. Uh, New Japan was also big. And Ring of Honor, a lot of those guys, the Joe, Loki, um, Nigel McGuinness, a lot of those great matches. So that's when I really fell in love with uh, wrestling. Um, the re- the period of WWE I hated, I guess it was, was it reality? That's when, um, like 2010s, 2011s, that's when I just stopped watching. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, like 2014. Or the, maybe the PG. That's the PG. From PG. 2008 to 2013 was the PG. Yeah. That's yeah. when I stopped watching WWE. So PG era is my least favorite by far. Yeah. Very fair. Uh, surprising to hear two votes for the new era, but very that's also very true. There are some great talents that we haven't seen before in WWE, so I give you that. Uh, Zach, your favorite era today and why? Uh, I'm going to just kind of age myself and just say the golden age, just because back then I didn't have the dirt sheets uh, readily available. You know, I had Pro Wrestling Magazine and I had WWE Magazine to grab at the grocery store uh, if I had an allowance. So it, it was just, you, I was in a, a state of like disbelief seeing Andre the Giant and these larger than life characters. Um, I know we can go into every era and dissect what's wrong with them and character portrayals and yeah. stuff. But just for me as a kid, it was it was just cartoony and it was escapism. And I can still kind of go back and, and get that same feeling from a lot of it. And my least favorite, I would have to say, is like kind of a cross between Ruthless Aggression era and um, the the PG era, uh, yeah. just because how they handled certain characters. I think Austin turning heel just it didn't work and it turned me off big time. Uh, it did make me look elsewhere, which is good. You know, find different promotions. And the rise of Cena, it just bugged the shit out of me then. It bugs me now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but, but Super just, Cena. You know, that, that, yeah. that just, let me just, like, that shows how dumb they are because they wanted to look for another Hulk Hogan or Austin or Rock when they had great heels like Edge and Orton who yeah. should have been bigger, but they're, they they mm. wanted their main guy to put on uh, toys and merchandise. Um, it just pissed me off because as big as Orton and Edge were in that time, they should have been way bigger and had better yeah. title runs. But that's my favorite. Edge was favorite a rock movie. star, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's very Yeah, I just want to say, too, um, uh, I don't think you should be ashamed of, you know, uh, saying that the Golden Era was your favorite. I totally agree with everything you just said. Um, I feel like the Golden Era really kind of set the foundation for wrestling. Um, what I liked about it, too, was that it focused heavily on character work and building personas. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, even yes. wrestling these days, like, they're great wrestlers, but there's just, yeah. in, you know, in the new era, I feel like uh, they need to work on, you know, their gimmicks, which was something that was, you know, heavily, you know, that was heavily worked on back in the day. So I, I totally agree with you. There. Right. Like, I don't think anyone should feel ashamed for liking the golden era. Yeah, no one really feels uh, larger than life uh, nowadays. You, know, you don't have your Ric Flair type of like big or stings like yeah. icons. Mm-hmm. You don't have that really much. Yeah, um, and I yeah. think too many people are too like individualized and not okay yeah. being a character, which I, I understand everyone wants to be at the top of the mountain. But I mean, Honky Tonk yeah. matches were trash, but I loved seeing him come out to the uh, ring and getting his mm. guitar hit on his head or him hitting someone else. I mean, they had their ways of making yeah. things work back then. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead, Doc. 
Oh, it's your turn. I just want to make clear. Uh, ruthless aggression was my vote all around wrestling. But uh, go ahead. Gotcha. I was actually going to take a step back because, Paul, I don't think I got your worst era in wrestling. Oh, um, I guess I would have to agree with Zach. It's it's literally a tie between the Ruthless Aggression era and the PG era. The PG era, for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. So pretty much everything Zach stated. And also, I just feel like that was kind of like a stagnant period for the WWE. They didn't really have any interesting storylines. Um, they focused too heavily on, like... I remember every Raw, they had, like, a celebrity host every once in a while, which I hated because they focused on that celebrity. Like, I don't want to see fucking Snippy on Raw. That was like, awful. I just want to watch Raw. Remember that? I hated that. The, uh-huh. the laptop general manager. Oh, my God. That was uh, <laughs> And the payoff was not worth it. It, yeah. it just hurt. I yeah, hated how they had these uh, guests. I didn't mean to cut you off, but sorry. I meant to say it. I hate how they had the guest managers and they would treat them as if they were stronger than some of the wrestlers. They would job out the wrestlers, some of these guests. And I'm like, what am I watching? Right. But, right. Like, yeah. like that was, that was like more the end of the ruthless aggression. The part I'm talking about that was my favorite was like when, uh, like Cena threw edge into the ocean or whatever. And like edge was the champ with the rated mm-hmm. R belt and like that era with the Hardys and all that. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was yeah. my, uh, or when Mysterio got yeah. his run with the world title. That was my, that's my part of it that I liked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, the reason why I also say the ruthless aggression era is because I feel like at that point WWE just didn't know where they were creatively. I feel like they had so no. many talented wrestlers on their roster, but they just didn't know how to utilize them. Uh, a perfect example would be um, rest in peace, Sean Sean O'Hare. I think that was his name. He had this amazing gimmick yep. where he was um, kind of like the devil's advocate. He gaslighted people, and um, Looking back, I can see that that has influenced wrestlers today because you have a lot of wrestlers that do use that gaslight and gimmick, like um, Alexa Bliss or um, right now Seth Rollins. Mm. You know, there are people that are using that gimmick to this day. Um, yet, you know, they had him do it for maybe like a couple of shows and then it just kind of fizzled out. I know like his drug addiction definitely had a part in it. But, you know, they, I just feel like they didn't know how to progress storylines at that point in time. And it was just really, it was a very dull time for us. In my opinion. Very fair. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a tie for me. It's between the golden era and the attitude era for, it might be cheating, but I enjoy learning about the backstage stuff almost as much as the in-ring stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you look, like, the Golden Era was, it's historic. And, like, Vince expanding yeah. and breaking the territory rules, um, him going against his dad, and, like, his dad hated the idea of being on-screen, of having an on-screen character. Mm-hmm. That's why Jack Tunney was never, like, there, except for the big moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vince went against it. Just the whole rise of Vince is interesting. And the Attitude Era brings us the like fight or die kind of instinct that you either do something good or you fail to WCW. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Attitude Era is, is overhyped. I, they're very big moments, but it's not as great as everybody thinks. Um, I agree. I, I guess I'm going to go with Attitude Era just because I think a lot of the gimmicks there were created in the moment and they were made out of necessity. Everything yeah. about that era, backstage-wise, is fascinating to learn about. Yeah. Um, it was pandering. It was just so pandering. 
Yeah, and I I, I don't know. It, it just like for all their highs, people forget there were a lot of lows in the Attitude Era. It was just throwing stuff at the wall, and either it worked ten out of ten or it just failed zero. But the highs were high, the lows were lows. The thing about um, people like my age or people that grew up watching that era is. I think they add something to forget those lows. Um, the excitement about that era was watching it every week. Like you saw Rick Rude on two shows on the same night. Yeah. Like that was nuts. So I think yeah. people would take that like, oh God, I got to sit down. It was it was appointment viewing television. Um, you sat down uh, at night and you watched it live. Um, you didn't have like DVRs and stuff back then, but you purposely did it because you didn't know what was happening. And I think that excitement is what people bring to the table when they talk about uh, like, I wish we had the Attitude Era back. It's like you, you point out good reasons why we don't need the Attitude Era back. Yeah. I think that's why people think that we do need it back, that excitement. Yeah, yeah. competition feel. Like, mm-hmm. I know I said that the Ruthless Aggression is my favorite, but that's the one thing I hated about it was like since WWE won, there was no one. There was nothing else. And right. Vince was just yep. having his victory lap the entire decade pretty much. Yep. And it just, I don't know, yeah. he buried everything else. And all WC, WCW guys that came over, didn't use them well. Mm-mm. I don't know, man. It, it just, it was weird. Yeah. What's your so, least favorite, Eric? I'll, I'll have to go with the PG era, which yeah. I, I really wanted to find a different one because I didn't want to just add on to it, but no, that era sucked. It's <laughs> just too bad. Yeah. And I was very surprised that like, I don't want, if I'm naming these eras, I'm not calling it the PG era. So on my list of like what they're called, WWE fully calls it that. That's so weird. Why would, yeah. PG isn't cool. Why would you call it that? Um, but that's, that's it. Yeah. I will add this. The PG era did something great for me. It allowed me to look elsewhere besides WWE for wrestling. And that was a great thing. Yep. <laughs> I wish I did that. I just stopped watching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that, we uh, we're gonna call it a day. We had ourselves a lot of laughs. Otis, if you are out there, oh yeah, God, I hate you. I don't want to hate you, but I do. Um, uh, do you have any uh, last minute shout outs for any of these uh, new viewers? Any uh, these subs are getting? Any guys? Oh yeah, shout anybody out. Uh, Paul, you had one, right? Yes, I do. Um, I believe your name is the emphatic Eddie Wild on YouTube. Um, he made a really good point about tag finishers. Um, I think that is a topic that we should maybe discuss on another episode because I can talk about that for hours. Yeah, that'd be very cool. true. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to give one out to, I can't believe I'm saying this name, period, but Trick Shot Papa. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a shout out because you you were the only one out there to call me out on that Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins match. And I, I went back and watched it and I'm changing my grade. I'm giving it an A. Uh, oh, it's wow. a solid match. Okay. So comment and we'll change our minds eventually. I don't no. know. But, yeah. I'm going to give my quick shout out to April, the tag team of April and Paul. Uh, <laughs> you guys have no idea what you're talking about. The word is a It's no sure. rock bottom. Even Otis does a better version of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Is that your argument? Um, it's not a very strong one. 
Oh, we'll build up to this. We'll, we'll see. Hey, I got some more words. If you want to be on the show, let me know so we can tag up against this fool. Yeah, hit up the email. <laughs> <laughs> and um, hey. Paul, what is that email? Right. So we actually got a new email, guys. Um, it's going to be contact oh, okay. at westcoast-pop.com. Again, that's contact at westcoast dash. <laughs> Pop.com. West Coast Pop was taken. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, Zach. <laughs> you can find us online at your mama's house. Get the number. <laughs> prepared to wait. <laughs> <laughs>